The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Good morning, guys. Welcome to Cowboys Break. We're going to be discussing plenty, plenty of different subjects here. But before we dive into all the Cowboys stuff, I'm going to say this number. You can call us in at 888-855-2297. Hopefully, we have time to get a call in before the end end of the show. So, we'll see. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. Everybody's good. Awesome. All right. Some roster moves. I know you guys talked about Bryce Walker coming back yesterday. And it was all over the place for two days, and he's finally he has finally signed with the Cowboys. They did release safety Tyree Robinson, and I wanted to check in with you guys. How are you expecting, or what is expected to be Bryce Butler's role here? And I know Jason Gary kind of said he's gonna wait until to get him into practice and figure out what to do with him. But what is the expectation here? I have no expectations. I, I mean, he's number. He's the fiftieth. He's the fiftieth receiver on this team right now. It feels like. Um, I don't know. I mean, J- Jason Garrett was kind of talking about that today. I mean, a lot more questions about this guy than you would expect from the seventh receiver on your roster because he used to be here. Kind of an acrimonious departure, and they got six other guys. Um, I don't expect him to be like a starter right away. I probably I expect him to mix in, probably do some of the stuff he did uh, when he was here last time, which is a small percentage of snaps and hopefully some big plays that make it worth it. And we talk about, you know, Dak having problems throwing down the field and all, the, and all that stuff. But when you go back and look at the past and those games that Bryce Butler was in, from what I remember, he was one of the main guys that was able to catch Dak's ball at the end of the field, like down the field. So, again, could they start utilizing him more in those scenarios to where, okay, maybe this is a guy that does kind of work with what Dak can do? Well, I think here's the thing for me. I I look at this, and I think the reason why Jason probably got all those questions, and and it kind of answers your question as well, is because everybody's probably sitting here saying, what changed? What you you entered the season thinking you didn't need this many wide receivers, and now you sign a receiver to add to it. And there may be more to this story. We'll keep watching this thing to see if more plays out here. But the fact of the matter is, it just seems weird timing that all of a sudden and, – and it does beg the question, are they saying that maybe they don't have enough receivers because they haven't gotten the production that they wanted out of their receivers? Is it is it pointing to something bigger about what they think about their wide receiver group? And if so – how does he really solve that? Because what he's shown so far since he's since he's been here before was he's okay receiver, but I don't know that you rely on him necessarily. And they certainly weren't thinking that when they when they let him walk this past off season, right? Yeah, it's I don't it's weird to me. Yeah, I it just comes weird. down to what they don't have around him, and and like you said, there might be more to the story. I bet you by the end of the week, this makes more sense than it does right now. And that's the way t- things tend to happen around yeah. here. Like Later, we're like, ah, yeah. okay. And then it will make sense to bring in a guy that knows the offense and can stretch the, team, stretch the defense a little bit. That, yes, it would make sense in that context. But right now, I mean, yeah. And 
I don't know. Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett loves to do this thing where he looks at us like we're crazy. But I mean, you've been covering this team for twenty years. I've been here for this is my sixth. Derek, you've been here forever. Like seven receivers and four tight ends on a team that wants to run the ball. <laughs> I'm sorry, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Uh, I mean, it, it does not make a ton of football right. sense. I think because um, it. it, it you know, when you throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and you hope something sticks. Maybe, hey, quantity. Nothing, nothing works. I mean, of those 11 players, of those 11 players, how many would would the Packers want like on their team? Three? Maybe. I mean, they'd take Gallup. They would probably. I, I'm just throwing that. Right. I, I don't know. Probably not. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. I No more than three. Yeah, like Gallup. Uh, Hearns could find a job. Hearns. Hearns well, I was thinking of Green Bay specifically. Okay. I just I just threw them out there. I, I don't know. I'm just saying. But Green Bay employs a similar method now here. Right. I mean, they. I was going to say the team, Patriots, but they might take a few. Maybe. Yeah. No, but the the Green the Packers are a team that has I think kind of this type of philosophy. Like I think they take receivers that they feel like are not necessarily the top receivers in the league. They're receivers that they feel like are pretty good. That with Aaron Rodgers, they can be great. Right. And I don't think they're. I don't think. I think they're more closer to what the Cowboys do than they are a team like, say, Atlanta, where they go for trying to get as good a receivers as they possibly can, starting with that top guy. Yeah, I just. I don't know. I mean, Garrett said this too. I mean, no guarantee Bryce even dresses this week. Uh, we'll have to see how that shakes out. I mean, if you can afford seven receivers on your roster, you certainly can't afford seven to dress for game day. I would think. Yeah. And Bryce Butler's not a special teams savant. So, I don't know. Something to watch. You could just sit Terrence. I mean, at this point, when, you you, when you're paying a guy, it doesn't matter if he plays or not. True. They basically are anyway with the number of snaps that he's getting. Right. So. I would rather just have a guy that can that could run, you know, down the field a little bit better. Yeah. Wouldn't matter. And, again, we don't know about the possible suspension. As far as I know, I haven't heard anything regarding that if that's really going to happen if so when or anything in regards to terrence williams and if it is maybe this is something that okay you do sit terrence down and just let bryce get right after it but think about it this is the nfl so anytime a player gets in trouble at any point then you kind of sit with bated breath like when is the nfl going to do anything is the nfl going to do anything when are they going to do anything right how long did it take before they get put something uh, you know actually sent sent down a ruling on ezekiel elliott i mean it's my my expectation when that thing first happened with terrence was he's playing this year maybe by next year sometimes they come up with something who knows (laughs) and that's the nature of the nfl and where they are right now so i think it's kind of a little bit maybe early to, to kind of go there but I do think that, you know, you, you have to always keep that in the back of your mind because he did end up in trouble in the offseason. Well, at some point, the NFL co- is coming, coming back on that. That's the only think. thing that can come, at least to me, to my mind, as far as, like, why did they even make this move? Like, I'm trying to get my head around it and understand why was this move necessary. And the only thing that pops up is, okay, well, maybe this is going to happen or maybe they, they know that it's about to happen and you um, fill in that spot with Bryce. Yeah. And I just spill all over my Laptop. Sorry. (laughs) No, honestly, again, we don't know. Just don't. You just don't know. And you. And with that kind of thing, you just wait for the NFL because the NFL is on its own timetable, and you just never know when and what they're going to come back with when it comes to those kind of things. We'll see. And now another thing that Jason Garrett talked about was Randy Gregory, Xavier Woods, and Dayton Jones. Uh, He said that he's expecting them to be on a limited basis in practice. So with these three guys. Any hopes that 
any of those three would actually play this weekend? I'm. I don't think you cut Tyree Robinson unless you're pretty confident. Not that and he has not done anything, but just from a numbers standpoint, you don't cut your safety depth if you don't feel pretty good that Xavier Woods can play this weekend. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I feel good about him. I, I feel feel cautiously yeah. optimistic about Randy. Head injuries, odds we always say are a little bit different, but. Yeah. Uh, he got into practice. That. He got into practice last week. What? Glad you said that about Xavier Woods because right now, if fans see that they just cut safety Tyree Robinson and that's it, they didn't do anything else. They just cut a safety as they head into this third game of the season. I mean, it, it's leading them to speculate that let's see, you didn't add a safety yet. Maybe you will after the, after the game. <laughs> Are you saying they're making room? They need an extra oh seat on God. the plane. No, seriously, I mean, like, no, 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 no. I, no. I, what I'm saying is, is I'm glad you said you mentioned that. It's this is for Xavier okay. Woods. All it's right. not for another reason. But when right. you cut a safety and you're like, wait a second, I would hope that fans have, would take yeah. a closer look at the roster because you still you have four now. You have they've five. been listening all along. The fans have hopefully been listening to this show all along and hopefully have been following along to know that. I would hope five safeties is something this team has done before, but they prefer four. Not with sound receivers and four tight ends. And you're right. Actually, you're right. This is not the week for me to. Well, this is what they've always done. Because don't forget three. Well, they only have two running backs. That's, I mean, two tailbacks. Jason Garrett got asked this question today. Uh, Todd Archer, the inimitable Todd Archer's, is like you got a center who can't play. You got a you got seven receivers. You got four tight ends. You got a third quarterback. Like. How do you juggle all this, basically? Like, you got about... <laughs> You're long everywhere. You got about five guys who are not doing you any good right, right now. And I mean, Garrett didn't really answer it, but I'm oh, just like, yeah, it's a couple point. lemonades. Yeah, it's a couple lemonade discussion. Uh, and it's it's interesting. But yeah, so I, I feel good. I don't know what to think about Dayton Jones yet. We'll see how he goes. But Randy and Xavier... I'm optimistic that they'll both be able to suit up. Honestly, until I see Randy back out there, I would be cautious just because, once again, we saw this whole thing play out last year with a concussion-type situation. and yeah. So you just never know. That's I mean, true. those are a whole different They want beast. Randy to play. I, I, don't care what, no. <laughs> I don't care what we thought about that. All I'm saying I know, they want Randy to play. All, all I know is when it comes to head injuries right. in the NFL today, you can't predict that stuff. And so sure. until you see him back out there, if, if I were – Fans out there listening, I would wait with kind of with cautious optimism. No, you're that right. He's going to be back. I mean, cautious optimism because he's Randy Gregory, and you never know what could happen with him because he's been that type of player that it's always something. But he was cleared to practice last week in terms of the concussion. He was cleared to practice. They just didn't. Uh, he hadn't practiced all week. They just decided yeah. not to, to play him. But I mean, I think. I think you can always say, well, I'll wait and see until he gets there. But, I, I mean, as far as concussion goes, I, he has been cleared. Okay. That's something that other players last year were When was he cleared last week? Was it on he, he Friday or Saturday? He was limited on Friday. He did so practice, though. They but, wouldn't put you in a helmet if you weren't cleared. I guess that's my question. Like, when you're, when you're cleared, does that mean that you're completely healthy to be able to resume? And if so, why would he be limited? Because he took the rest of the week off. He I also had a knee injury. And he also had a knee injury. Yeah, that's true. There you too. go. So there's another injury that's involved here. Well, yeah. I mean, but as far as concussion goes, he was cleared You're to go like, out there. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. We knew that. <laughs> I mean, well, wouldn't we, we, we've talked about his concussion. I don't think we've talked much about his knee injury. Tweaked, so. Well, because he came back well, from the knee yeah. injury in the same game. Right. Yeah. Russell so it was forgotten about. You know, right. he came because back in. Because the assumption is yeah. it was okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Russell Wilson is a freak. You need Randy Gregory to try to So you to need chase a freak him. to get a freak. Yeah. Ooh. Basically. <laughs> All right. 
Well, we're going to take our first break because we're going to go a little longer in our second segment. And we're going to talk about Russell Wilson and the Seattle offense. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the Internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. I definitely have an Instagram foodie thing, but the low-light camera on my new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T is getting me a whole new world of likes and shares. Baskets of bread by candlelight, colorful fruit plates in full sun, even a dimly lit Cobb salad was recently hailed as a masterpiece. Come in now and ask how to get half off the new Samsung Galaxy S9 from AT&T. AT&T, more for your thing. That's our thing. Limited time only. See store for details or att.com slash Samsung 50. Dual aperture supports F1.5 mode and F2.4 mode. Dual aperture is installed on the rear camera. Oh, I am craving a Dr. Pepper. I got some soda. I asked not for soda. I asked for ice cold, craveable Dr. Pepper. Its flavor is more one-of-a-kind than a foretold sloth with a thirst for speed. <laughs> so stop settling for soda and start demanding Dr. Pepper. I love sloths. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Grab an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. Back to the break. All right. Now, I'm really excited about this segment because although I don't like the Seahawks, I am a fan of Russell Wilson. I enjoy what he does in, in some kind of way, but maybe not this weekend. <laughs> Why don't you like the Seahawks? I just don't. How come? I don't. Like, they're not in the division. I mean... I just don't like them. Okay. Sometimes they, their defense plays a little too aggressive for my liking, and <laughs> I don't like it. That is it. the first time I've ever heard somebody say a defense was too aggressive. That's that's interesting. That is because it's not my defense, so yeah. why would I want it to be the aggressive? The NFL does it every week. <laughs> oh, good point. The, whole, the only NFL does that. Yes, true. they yeah. throw flags about good every other play. Hurt. All right, so Russell Wilson, and you're gonna give us our, our scouting report. But before we get into it, you were talking, we were talking all about Randy Gregory and all that. How necessary is to have Randy Gregory out there, or based on what we saw um, with what the Cowboys did with their defensive line last weekend, are they okay I, to it would face be nice. Russell Wilson? It would be nice to have him, but I don't know that they need him. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, hot boys are hot right now. I was act, I was gonna I was gonna nitpick you for a second there and say like, okay, well, it's it's the Seattle offense. It's not Russell Wilson, but it is actually like <laughs> it's Russell Wilson and he's a cool guy. You know, I'm not gonna say karma's a B because Russell Wilson seems like a great dude. I he's one of my favorite players to watch. I got nothing against the guy, um, but it's funny how his career has gone full cycle. From when he got here, when he was the most underpaid asset in football and had talent at every position, Marshawn Lynch, Max Unger, 
uh, I don't know, um, Golden Tate, Doug Baldwin when he was much younger. He had Jimmy Graham for a while, and he makes a lot of money now, and all those guys are gone. Like, he does not have a ton of help on this team, and it is evident when you watch them. So you got Russell Wilson. Um, his left tackle is Dwayne Brown, who they traded for from Houston, easily their best offensive lineman. Ethan Posick, an LSU guy at left guard, Justin Britt at center. Uh, DJ Flukers, their preferred starter at right guard, but it's been JR, it was JR Sweezy last week. Uh, and then your right tackle is Jermaine Ifedi. Two young guys at tight end in Nick Vanette and Will Disley, uh, about 19 running backs that we can get into. Doug Baldwin has been hurt. Brandon Marshall is your one. Tyler Lockett has been playing in Doug's spot. And then you got two late round draft picks at receiver, David Moore and Jerron Brown. Um, which I don't know. How many how many of those guys would you classify as household names? Hmm. Doug Baldwin, maybe. And he's not playing. And he's not playing. Brandon um, Marshall for sure. Well, and Brandon Marshall, which one of my favorite and in my opinion most underrated receivers in of all, of all time, really. Yeah. yeah. But he's he's on the way out. I mean, yeah. this is a this victory lap. This is not five yeah. years ago. This is not Denver, Miami, or right. even New York Jets, Brandon Marshall. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you, I mean, we're lucky. The, the Seahawks just played a game on Monday night. You saw it. I mean, the Bears completely overwhelmed them, and the Broncos overwhelmed them the week before that. And typically, I would say like, well, those are two of the most fierce pass rushes in in football. Well, the Cowboys are tied for the lead in sacks right now with the Bears. They look pretty fierce in their own right. And I think it, if the Cowboys want to win this game. They got to do it again. They got to overwhelm them. And I know Russell Wilson's a little bit more of a challenge than Eli Manning, but again, they it is proven you can get to him. He's been sacked eleven times in two weeks. Uh, when he tries to stay in the pocket, he is usually sol. Uh, it just hasn't happened for him. Like the Seahawks, by necessity, basically have to use a lot of quick routes or they have to scheme up ways to get him out of the pocket. And we've seen them do that when they play the Cowboys. You know, they do like the if if not play action, then misdirection where, you know, they get the line to shift and he goes the other way and basically just creates a pocket out of space. Like they got to do stuff like that to give him time, because if he's just standing back there, he usually gets mobbed. Um, I don't think the Seahawks running game is terrible. It doesn't reflect because they just don't do it that much because they fall behind. Um, Chris Carson is averaging like six yards per carry. I have no idea why the Cowboys, I mean, the Seahawks don't want to use him. He only got six touches in the Bears game, but he's impressive. He straight up leapt over uh, a cornerback in the season opener against Denver. Like better, a better leap than I've ever seen Zeke do because he landed on his feet and kept running. He's a talented guy. They got Rashad Penny, who doesn't look like it's clicking for him yet. Point point being, though, like it looks like they can run the ball. Their line looks like it can block the run. They can't do anything in the passing game. And so, again, I'm looking at the Cowboys' defensive front to have a real opportunity to blow this thing up, basically. But, I mean, from what I remember, it kind of has been that way even last year to where it all basically depended on on Russell Wilson to move it. Yeah. And well, he was successful a lot of times. I will throw this out, though. I think there were two facets of that offense last year that were different than this year. One is Doug Baldwin, who has been his best receiver for the last, I don't know how many years. He's now out, presumably. Um, and their big red zone threat last year um, is now gone to Green Bay. I mean, he had 
10 touchdowns, I think it was, last year. I'm glad year. you said that, though, because they found they seem like they found another intriguing guy. Disley? Yeah. Yeah, He's tell his story. He's kind of an interesting story. You know his story? Yeah, he's a yeah. defensive end yeah. who moved to tight end and is pretty damn good at it, which ironically— And ha- didn't do it much in no, college. No, didn't do it at all. Yeah. Which he, on, And I'm not blowing smoke. You can go pull him back up. He was Brian's favorite tight end on the draft show. Oh, really? Loved wow. him. Okay. Loved him. Talked about him all the time. And he, pro- I think he— he had less than 20 catches in his entire career at Washington, and Dane was like, he, can he catch the ball? And Brian was like, trust me, just give him the chance. And he's got 150 yards through two games. Yeah. He just Two touchdowns. He's a mismatch. He's like 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, he's, arguably, he's arguably their best blocker. Uh, seriously. Like, that's, I don't what, know, I, what round did they get him now? Fourth. He, which huh. actually, he, he was off the board when Dalton Schultz was drafted. He was taken oh. before Schultz. He was taken after Dorrance Armstrong, though. So... Just saying. Hmm. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, he can do he can do a little bit of everything. Like he's a good blocker. He is a mismatch in the passing game. That's again for the third straight week, which it's different though. Like this isn't Evan Ingram. He's not that I mean, he is a tight end, but I'll be interested to see who the Cowboys want to put on him. Maybe yeah. Jalen Smith. He's athletic enough to do it. Um, but he's a good blocker, which I want to impress on this. Jermaine Effetti which is, I believe he's the guy that Seattle wound up with in the Denver trade. Denver traded up to get a quarterback. Am I making that up? I don't know. He's a first-round pick. He's he's awful. He's <laughs> he's so bad. The way you set that up, I was not expecting you to say he's awful. He's terrible. Like, uh-huh. if he's not on the ground, he's giving, he's being driven back into the quarterback. Demarcus Lawrence, I mean, he's Eric a— Flowers type. Maybe maybe worse. I'm serious. Like, I, I mean, it's two games. I didn't watch last year's tape, but he it was the first round pick from AM yeah. that hurt his knee. Right? He's, yeah, he's bad. Oh. He's bad. Um, he lines up on the right side. He'll be Demarcus Lawrence's guy again. Like, that's a matchup you got to win. And then the other thing, this interior. I hate to say this about a guy that went to LSU. Ethan Posick is six seven, which is big for a lineman, and it like he has no leverage. He gets driven back into the quarterback. That's honestly breakdowns on the outside are not a problem for Russell Wilson because he'll roll. He's just as good on the run as Dak is. He can hit guys sprinting, uh, or he can step up. You know, I can picture Tank just whipping around the right side and and Russell Wilson just eking right up into the hole that he created there. Like he can do that stuff, but his interior is awful because Ethan Posick doesn't look strong enough to handle a remotely competent interior rusher. Uh, and Seattle center, Justin Britt is doubtful with a shoulder injury. That's something to watch this week is whether he can go because otherwise I don't care who the Cowboys have in their defensive tackle. Like they need to push that thing back. Cause again, outside pressure, bad i want to collapse the pocket and not give russell wilson just anywhere to go um the other thing this is a fun parallel for the cowboys i looked this up while i was watching their tape russell wilson averages has averaged six carries per game in his career that has been a component of of their offense like he was their leading rusher last year he i think he was the only player who rushed for a touchdown for seattle last year um Mm, really all season yeah, or at least until late in the season. No, like it was a well-documented problem. He has never had fewer than 72 carries in a season, but he is on pace for 40 right now. He's only carried the ball five times. Uh, not, I mean, sacks, obviously, but yeah. where he runs the ball forward only five times. And I just think he's a better passer than he was when he was younger, but that's just that's part of his game, and I don't think you're doing him any favors by not using that. And that's why I think... 
with the struggles they've had on the offensive line, I just feel like that's going to be a component of their game plan this week. Part of that could be the fact that they know right now offensively he's all they got and they can't afford to lose him. And so they want to back down a little bit, not a lot, because you're talking about one less carry essentially per game. Um, you said five now, and he was doing no, six. No, right? he's had five total. He's five averaging total through two games. Yes, I thought you were no. saying five. No, I wouldn't even bring it up Gosh. if it was like oh okay. one. No, one. he's not. He's okay. averaging like a carry and a half per game. Oh, wow, he's not running the ball. Like wow. one less yeah. is going to protect him. Less. Yeah, and yeah, that's. Yeah, I mean, right. I'm sorry. But that may be even hyper protecting him. Like he, we know that's all. I mean, they may they may look at it and say that's all we got. We cannot afford to lose him. I'm sorry if you're worried about that, but like I don't think the offense will be as good without it. I mean, yeah. he, like I said, I he he's never had fewer than 72 carries in a season, and he's never had less than like f- at least four or 500 rushing yards. Like very similar to Dak, which again, I think you probably need that. So yeah. the misdirection component, roll, getting moving the pocket and getting him where he can run if there's no options there for him. Good luck with that. I, I, Seattle, after watching the Cowboys tape. And seeing how Jalen Smith just punished Eli Manning and how these rushers. But see, are punished hidden. who? Punished who? Okay, <laughs> no, okay. I'm not trying to be smart. Fair. No, that's a fair, but still, it's still a big hit. It doesn't, okay. If, if he hits Russell Wilson like that. Oh, sure. Yeah, but I think, the point, I think the point Dave is making is that Russell Wilson, well, Russell Wilson is much more elusive. Yeah. The, the likelihood that you're going to get that that flush a hit on him like True. you did on Eli is probably a lot less, right? And Russell is stronger too. Right. So. If I was if I was Seattle watching the tape of this, I would try to scheme Dallas's aggressiveness against them. Like right. if they come out if they come at me like that where everybody and their mothers blitzing, there's got to be some misdirection where again, get the defense and get the offensive line going one way and match Russell up with a very small number of defenders going the other way and and I think you can punish him that way. I don't. I'm not saying he's going to run for 100 yards, but when your offensive line is this bad, you got to do stuff. But like how does that. it how does it look relative to to let's say how Carolina did it? Because I thought the Cowboys rushed really well against Carolina from the standpoint that as they were rushing, they were rushing in lanes. It didn't really give him a lot of leaks to get out. And when he got out, it was mainly because of the zone read, and especially in the early part of the game, the defense just wasn't staying at home. They were not. Paying attention, which, but but may, but they got that corrected by the second half, which makes me think that they're better prepared, maybe for those kind of misdirection plays. Here. I actually asked Garrett about. I said, you know, you just played Cam two weeks ago. I know they're not carbon copies of each other, but does having that in your, you know, you just game plan for that? Does yeah. that help you? And he, he's like, well, our, we're not going to run the same stuff. Like again, like it's just he can't ever acknowledge that you had a good question. That's, right. Or I mean, he they literally could have just had that discussion in a coach's yeah. meeting, but he's not going to acknowledge. And it. that yeah. should not be the but answer. But too. He, he did say he did even say even the Cowboys history that should not be his answer. He, he did say like you know yeah like some of the concepts will be the same for how you contain things and you know the basic ideas like for instance the play that sticks out the most in my mind from the Carolina game was I think it was either third or fourth and short. And they just they faked the hand the handoff inside, and then Cam went right around. Damian Wilson was right where he needed to be, and just bit on the fake completely. Yep. And Cam got like 15 yards. Yep. That's the type of stuff I would try to do if I was Seattle. I don't, and hopefully Dallas has learned from right. that, and they can play but test, You got to test them. If I were if I were Seattle, I'd definitely be testing them. That's that. what yeah. I would do because again, if you just put him back there in the pocket and try to, th- you know, just traditional throws, I think you're in trouble. Like. No, no slow developing routes. He's gonna the ball's gonna come out like they can't. He can't even be in there for three seconds. Like fast routes, quick routes, slants, curls, comebacks, 
anything that gets the ball out quick. The extra thing, too, here is that if your corners are really as good as we think they are, they ought to be able to hold these guys man up without having much safety help over the top, which allows you then to have that safety also help with making sure that you're containing the quarterback if he should get outside the pocket. I want to keep an eye on Baldwin. His, his injury, I don't even know how serious it is, to be honest with you. Like but What I thought I'd heard, and I, don't quote me on this, but what I thought I heard was that he was out for a significant amount of time, like I'm talking weeks. Okay. Uh, but I don't know that for sure. That's what I thought I heard when he first got hurt. But. Tyler Lockett is definitely a really good player, and he can hurt you, but I'm not scared of him if your corners are as good like i said if your they corners do, are as good as you think they are they ought to be able to handle if that. they can limit odell beckham and sterling Shepard, right. they should be able to do their job yeah. against him now how much of an upper hand does this give you given the fact that chris richard was over there and kind of knows and i think seattle has a new offensive uh coordinator right maybe no? yeah um, they do brian schottenheimer yeah so mm. it, it's of it's gonna be a little San different Diego charger fame was he with the Chargers or the Jets? He's been a lot of places and hasn't been very good at most of them. Yeah, he. I don't remember him. Sorry. So, no, no, you got it. So a little different from what Chris knows from the past. But even then, how much of an advantage does this give Chris Richard in his secondary going up against a team that he's very familiar with? I think that you, you find out what um, – your quarterback, you've been with the same guy for six or seven years. You know when he loses. You know what happens when, when they lose games and, and what happened to de defenses and how they stopped him and controlled him. So you can make suggestions there to Marinelli and then how you'd make the coverages. But I don't know if, if, if you know, it's different schemes and stuff like that. But you could just say, yeah, I remember, he, you know, when the games we would lose with him, it would be because we did this and that, which could be easier said than done. You know, right. Just get to him and bring him down. You know, that could be it. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Don't give him any time to throw. There's a scouting yeah. report on how to beat Brady, too. Yeah. You know, just, <laughs> but yeah, just I, don't do it. Which, I kind of agree with that. There are probably things that frustrate Russell. Yeah. Or, and so he probably knows these are the things. That, that doesn't mean you're going to have success. It just means these are the things that frustrate him. These are things he doesn't like to have to deal with. So if you can give him more of those things, I mean, the hope is that you're better. Let's not forget that, like, Romeo Cornell and Josh McDaniels and any other former Patriot, uh, you know, assistant coach went to coach somewhere else and was like, this is how you beat yeah, Belichick and Brady, and I'm didn't sure they work. didn't do it. I will say this, um, you know, as bad as it's been for them, like they're they're 27th in total offense and 29th in rush offense, 22nd in pass offense. Like they still they took Denver to the wire on the road, and they lost by. It, they were so bad against the Bears, but like, but they, they had a chance against. The they Bears. were down 17-10 yeah. with seven minutes to play, yeah. and the Bears baited Russ into a pick six, which. Only the second pick six he's thrown in his oh, entire career. Amazing. That's incredible. Um, yeah. Which he's good with the ball. I, I, another, oh, I keep reminding myself of things. He does fumble, though. Especially, and it, it happened twice in that game. Like, yeah. get, you know, the classic tomahawk. He's not holding on to it like Aaron Rodgers in that playoff game. Like, if you can get to him, I think you can get fumble opportunities. So that's something to watch. But, like, again, as bad as it's been, they've been in both of their games right until the end. I just he's gonna find a way because he's it's so terrifying how like he can turn a very obvious sack into not just buying time but he can buy himself like seven seconds like if you go watch his touchdown to Tyler Lockett in the Denver game like 
it doesn't look pretty, doesn't look pretty. And then he just steps outside. And again, he's got like 20 yards around him and he just stands back there and uncorks this bomb. Like he can go from no time to all the time in the world because he's so elusive. Yep. They've been a fourth quarter team too. That's something to note. They've gotten, they've scored seven points in the first quarter, six in the second, seven in the third and 21 in the fourth. So they've been a team that's been much better later in the game. It's another thing that for the could Cowboys be a big to be aware problem. of. They're also, yes. I mean, okay, so they scored 21 in the fourth and lost p- both games. Yep. That means they're a team that's playing from behind, True. too. True. So, yeah. Um, get on them early. I Get on them early and get out far enough. I hope, to me, to my untrained eye, it looks like the Seahawks want to use Rashad Penny because he's their first round pick. But I think. Chris Carson is better right now. And I but I hope they don't figure that out until this game's over. More of a Rashad Penny and less Chris Carson. All right, let's take our final break. When we come back, what is gonna be the biggest matchup between the Cowboys defense and the Seattle offense? Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black. Look good. Smell good. Feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at Stetson.com cowboys. What does it mean to be a Dallas Cowboys fan? It means you've got the passion and the heart to do your part supporting the boys no matter what. That's why when the game's on the line, you're on your feet, whether you're at home or in the stands. Actually, you're more than a fan. You are a member of Cowboys Nation, and so is AT&T, doing their part to keep you connected to America's team all season long. AT&T is a proud member of Cowboys Nation. Back. To the break. Want to use what the pros use? Jack Black is the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. Get your Jack Black Playmaker for JB Faves plus a full-size lip balm for just 10 bucks with free shipping. Get go to getjackblack.com or use the Cowboys code, uh, the code Cowboys at checkout. Nice. What a deal. What a deal. Okay. I asked you during the break how many points uh did Seattle score and say it again? They In lost. To, they lost to Denver twenty-seven to twenty-four, and they lost to Chicago twenty-four to seventeen. Now, when you compare that to the Cowboys, I mean, they're still scoring points versus what we've seen the Cowboys put up at this time. The Cowboys are bottom five in the league in scoring. I mean, in a lot of categories, but mm-hmm. scoring as well. That happens when you score less than ten points in a game. Oh. Um, 
Yeah. Better, better watch out. Okay. Biggest match, uh, toughest matchup here. Who would you say, Derek? Um, outside of the obvious, which is yeah, Russell, Russell Wilson. Um, I think it's Tyler Lockett, mainly because he has the kind of speed that he does. Trying to get uh, corral him, and I think these corners can. But let's say, for example, they can early get get him get him downfield, and then they catch a big play, similar to what the Cowboys did last week. I think when you when you have a defense that's now thinking, hey, we got to worry about what's happening downfield, that gives Russell a little bit more room to be able to maneuver, and that's the part that would be kind of scary. So I think Tyler Lockett is the one guy that can actually open this thing up for their offense to give their their quarterback a little more room to operate. So I think he's the guy that's the X factor. That's that's good to me. I mean, Brandon Marshall is not going to hurt you. Um, it's obviously about stopping Russell Wilson and the run. And those running backs by committee, I mean, I'm sure that they can do some damage, but I think, you know, Lock, Lockett is a guy I watched him last week. Uh, he's a guy that, that, like you said, he can get open. He can find – he can go deep. He can also kind of be a possession guy. He's a unique player. Plus, he's a, a return specialist too, that that – from what we've seen already this year, that could be a problem in the return game. So I would say from their offensive players, I would say Lockett because he, what he does in two areas. I didn't even think about that. Should we yeah. talk? Should, no, should, well, I, yes, that's a great point too. But should we talk about their punter today or tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow. <laughs> okay. You, you, do this, you do the scouting report. Is it punter? Punter's a defensive player? <laughs> that's how I look at it. I don't – I never they, – they Their unit is going to make tackles. Look so right there in your, in your depth chart. Yeah. Oh, well, they actually break it all. Down yeah, into specialists. Yeah. Okay. I mean, but typically I it used it. to be a punter on the, yeah, on I the think defensive side. Defensive guy. Yeah. Either way, though, he's a stud. Is it what's what's his Dixon? <laughs> Michael Ed, Dixon. Michael yeah. Dixon. There Did he go. come out early as a junior? Yeah, as a punter. Yeah, I, I think he came out. Early. I know he was good. He was really good. We there were player. some games where like he was the only reason we were in him. Now we didn't drop kick and stuff. He was the only reason that this we were in. All right, we'll we'll dedicate Australian. Yes, we will dedicate some time to the punter for the first time in history. But ah. I I I'm not scared of him, but I'm intrigued about this Will Disley kid. Like I, to go from again, you know, look at look at our guy. Like Dalton Schultz played two snaps against Carolina and was inactive last week. Will Disley looks like what people want Rico Gathers to be. Our guy played basketball. It's true. It's our guy. You're right. Our guy played basketball. <laughs> you, our guy, but our guy. <laughs> It's he's he is on the same page with Russell Wilson real quickly. I mean, yeah, he'd take long. No, not at all. And the scary thing too is, again, it's not like Eli because you can have Russell Wilson dead to rights, and not only does he get out of it, but then it doesn't matter what the coverage was because it's all broken down, and he can just play pitch and catch. Like yep. you can do a great job against these guys for four seconds, and then on the eleventh second of the play. They're wide open because who the hell can cover a guy? Like, we always talk in training camp, like, oh, well, like, one-on-ones are so dumb. Like, why are you doing a double move in one-on-ones? That's so unfair. Like, this is that. It's like. How big is that guy? Disley? Yeah. Like, 6'6", 6'7". He looks big. No, they don't do the heights and weights on here. He's, He's a big boy. He's a blocking tight end who that's again so similar to Rico in size. Oh, I yes. don't know. He looks a little smaller than Rico. He, oh, I mean, he, everybody looks smaller. Yeah. Than Rico. I mean, he's a big dude. Rico's big. Okay, he's a big dude. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's you, sometimes you're gonna have to cover these guys for a lot longer than you're supposed to, and that's just part of the fun of playing Russell Wilson. So <laughs> the fun, yeah. <laughs> Man. They need to figure this thing. Don't I, 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 you just put Rico back in my mind? No, no. Well, I, I will say 
Especially when you hear stories like this, it's like, okay. I I always, yeah, I try to give a favorable view of the opposition because I don't think it's doing anybody any favors to come in here and be like, oh, these guys are terrible. The Cowboys yeah. don't need to worry about anything. But like, no, you have this, to be a realist. But this Respect. is, this is as, thank you. This is as manageable a Seahawks offense as I think the Cowboys have played in recent history. Right. Like, the front seven, I, I give the Cowboys front seven a massive edge in this game. Like, they, Seahawks can't block them. The running backs shouldn't respect them, but, like, we're not talking about Marshawn Lynch in his prime here. Um, I, I think this is a favorable matchup for the Cowboys. But, again, you guys talked – I think you guys talked about this yesterday. Um, the Seattle is 0-2 away games. 0-2 They're team. going back. I mean, this is – No, and that's – and what I, it's a favorable matchup for Dallas, but Russell Wilson is a big equalizer. And on top of that, they are going to they're going to scheme some stuff up. Like I, they got to win this game. I mean, this is the must win for them. I think it's they're <laughs> going to pull out all the stops. Screw that zero two stuff. It's zero three. That's the must win. What what are, I mean, if it's <laughs> if it's eighteen percent of teams make the playoffs at zero right. two, what is it at zero three? It's probably like three percent. It's I'll not guess. good. Yeah. Derek, is this a must win? For yeah, the this is probably a, for the Cowboys. No, it's <laughs> the Cowboys. It's like. They still got a lot of games left. Every game's important. It's not a must. I'll steal it. I remember Nick saying this like when I first got here because it happened. They played up at Seattle in week three in 2012 and got their butts kicked. And it like they were supposed to try to build some momentum and then did not have. And the same thing with the Chiefs the next year where it's like, all right, you're one and one. Like, are you a good team? Can you go on the road and beat a similar team? It says a lot about you. So I don't know. We'll see. Did I see a stat correctly where the Cowboys have been two and one for the last seven years? Mm. Really? I mean, it went. Uh, I know Jason Garrett's never started zero and two. So okay, so but they've never been one and two. So this third game of the year, unless I mean Is that right? I, I, that was, means I mean they haven't start, have they started two and zero? Oh? Um, it happened. Okay, yeah. And that, I can't remember exactly. I'm so, right. Well, so, they started one and one. Oh, so they they were two and one last year because they lost to Denver and then beat whoever they played next, Arizona. Obviously, started two and one in sixteen because they won eleven in a row. Fifteen, they would have been two and one because they started two and zero oh and mm-hmm. lost to Atlanta. So they started two and zero oh that year. Yes. Okay. Philly and New York. Four, oh, yeah. Fourteen, they lost to San Francisco and then they won like six in a row. A lot in a row. Yeah. Uh, Thirteen. They came back from losing to Kansas City and beat the Rams. So they would have been, yeah. So, damn. How, so, how worthy are these stats anyway? Well, um, they, they won. I mean, it's a fun fact, but I'm just saying, how much does that, I mean. It, everything, really everything changes. Anything. I mean, it, basically what, they're, what this is saying is that week three of the season, the Cowboys have, have been winning games. Um, but I don't know how much you can really say. You know, stats like that. There's not a lot of stats you can go back that far. One of them I think you can is like teams coming off of a bye. That that just shows how well you're being prepared usually. But I don't know about this one. It's just maybe more of a coincidence. I don't. It, I don't think it's a coincidence. I don't think it says a lot. But I think it's the age old thing of Jason Garrett teams. Like love him or hate him, his teams are in the mix. I mean, yeah. even the the four and twelve team wasn't even out of the mix until. What mid October because and largely because of the games that Romo won for him, but yeah. like it's it would be weird to see a Garrett team start super duper slow like that doesn't yeah. happen to them. Yeah. So before we go, can I do a little self promotion, Derek? Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna do I'm it anyways. So scared. 
Uh, just wanted to let people know that Nomas, the first episode, is coming oh, out today, sure. later this afternoon. Uh, basically, it's a kind of, what would you call it, a trivia game, maybe? Yeah, Guess it's a trivia it. game. Yeah, get to know the Cowboys player on a more personal level. And the we players have, are the ones making the guesses. Yes. Yeah. We have Tavon Austin and Kayvon Frazier in studio this week, so check it out and let Tavon's us know. pretty funny. Yes, it'll it'll be is. good to see a different side of Tavon for, for you guys that don't really know his personality, haven't really seen him outside of being seen. He him opened on the field. up. He yeah, opened it was, up. It was a fun show for him. <laughs> so yeah. check it out later this afternoon and let me know what player you would like for us to bring in studio next. And if you don't like it, too bad because we're still gonna do it. Anyways, for Nick Kidman, Derek Eagleton, David Hellman, and Member Garcia, this was Cowboys Break on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this,